Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown. Daniel Rutledge and Dave Forrester uh, with you to go through all of the action in the British Basketball League uh, this week. And we start back on Wednesday, and I think the discussion that we have on this is going to be uh, probably slightly briefer now, given today's uh, outcome, because it was Glasgow Rocks 102, Cheshire Phoenix uh, 90 in the first leg of the trophy semi-final and um well having watched the second leg now it almost feels a bit of a moot point going back over this but they did well glasgow in, in this game they, they could have even won by more they should have won by more um that was their um the downfall ultimately um you have your foot on someone's throat you've got to keep it on mm. you know and they weren't able to do that it's kind of reflective of their their season as a whole really ultimately mm. To keep your foot on somebody's throat, you've got to be able to get stops consistently. And, you know, we know from your graphic a couple of weeks ago when Newcastle played Glasgow that you were looking at the ninth and the 10th defensive teams out of 10. Yeah, yeah. And um, Glasgow couldn't do that. They did play, yeah, they, 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 they started off like they were ready to play. Jack Domi was really active um, early. And, and Cheshire were, were, were kind of a bit first leggy. And what mm. I mean by that is it was like, okay, we we're playing, we're playing you guys again on Sunday, so we're just going to get through this game. That's a very dangerous kind of mentality, um, you know, because we used to play Friday nights. We always used to play first legs first, even though we didn't have necessarily the right. We had the right to play the second leg. Yeah. We always ended up playing the first leg first. And we kind of developed the mentality, which is like, we're not going to be bothered about the second leg. Mm. You know, you, you, you guys might be coming up here to, to play the first leg and to go back to your place. But we don't want it. We don't want it to be a game. Yeah. You know, and, and, and particularly when we were, we were the kind of the highest seed. And I think that's what Glasgow really needed in this game. Um, and I don't think they, they had it as a, as a mentality. Um, they, yeah, they got good performances, but they've won a few games like this, scoring 100 and giving up 90 this season at home. We've yeah. talked about scoring races at home. And um, the reality was, I think, halfway through the third quarter, they were up about 20. Mm. And then um, they, they had the chance. And what happened was Larry Austin was allowed to be Larry Austin. Yeah. And he impacted the game. And unfortunately, Glasgow did not adjust in any way to him. No. And, um, you know, the way that you crack a team, you know, the way that you do that, the way that you, you beat that team in the first leg so badly is that you keep making them shoot tough shots because eventually they'll start taking tough shots themselves. Yeah, yeah. To try yeah. and get themselves back into the Because the, 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 the pressure of the, the environment, yeah. they'll start trying to shoot the five-point shot and the seven-point shot. And at that point, you know, that you take them out of themselves. And what, what Larry Austin was able to do, with primarily with Teddy Oprafor on the bench, which I thought was probably a smart move given the way the game was going, was just to do what he does, which is attack the rim. Yeah. And unfortunately, Glasgow didn't address it. They didn't. No. Um, they couldn't keep him out away from the rim. They couldn't keep out Chirobi away from the rim. And that's the way you get back in games. Yeah. Well, it, it was it was it was seventy three fifty four was the yeah. uh, was the peak lead and and they got it down to to eight as you say through through mainly through uh, Austin and and Ochoabi had a couple of dunks Bradley a few scores as well. Uh, to be fair, they made a couple of shots at the end. Hillsman scored eight points and a couple of threes at the end, yeah. which at the time you thought, oh, maybe maybe twelve well, might. Yeah, well, I mean, I think three minutes ago was a 12-point game and it finished a 12-point game. Yeah. Um, Austin, you know, mismanaged the, the last play because he was aggressive and he went too early and he turned the ball over. And um, 
and that gave Glasgow the extra three points, which you really shouldn't have done. But you couldn't criticise Austin too much because it was that aggression which had got them back in the got game. Got them back, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I remember I was watching the game and it was reminiscent to me. I'm going to take take people back again here to the game we played down at Loughborough about 10 years ago, where we yeah. were down 23 in a playoff semi-final. Yeah, yeah. And the only, we got back to 11. And we got back to 11 because goals just went from side up and down. Yeah, yeah. Literally yeah. attack the rim, attack the rim, attack the rim. And it wasn't a plan. It was it just happened. It was just it was a player doing what he did. And the 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 mentality change, you know, that probably if you're going to pick the eight quarters of a, of a two-legged game, the most important quarter is the last quarter, obviously, it always is mm. the last quarter, the second leg. But the second most important quarter is the last quarter of the first leg. Yeah. Because it just meant changes your mentality on everything. You can break a team open, or you can, or a team can feel like they've got you. And I thought that kind of happened a little bit with Cheshire when Austin got going. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was uh, Harris who led the Rocks with 22 points off nine of uh, 14 shooting. Jack Comrie 22 and nine. Johnson, Jordan Johnson, uh, 17 and four. Um, Hillsman and Murray, 27 off the bench, 9 of 13 shooting as well. Uh, Larry Austin Jr., 23 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, was a zero on the plus-minus. He was the only player on Cheshire's team uh, who came on the court who was a non-negative. Uh, obviously, they lost by 12 and zero with him on the court. Uh, Bradley, 17, Ocherobia, 16. Right, 3 of 12 for 15. Uh, let's move on to Friday night's games because we'll come back to that in the second leg. Uh, starting in Manchester, where the Manchester Giants were beaten 58-81 by the Bristol Flyers. Uh, McKnight uh, back and into the starting lineup for them. They had no Clark with a foot injury, no steel with concussion. Miller was back for for the Flyers. And um, so I have to go full disclosure on this. I didn't, I didn't do it at the start of the show. Um, so I had a governor's meeting Wednesday, EuroLeague Thursday, Glasgow Friday, and a wheelchair game on, in East London on Saturday. Um, so uh, it, it, this morning I was trying to catch up on all of the games. So I've not watched 40 minutes of every game. I've, I've tried yeah. to pick the, the best bits of the games to watch back. So forgive me if I miss some it's stuff good, out. Yeah. But, but I watched the beginning of this because they got out to a 15-4 start Bristol. Um, and Delpesh dunking it, assists, blocks, easy stuff. Um, there were turnovers. There was one turnover Manchester had an eight-second violation on really on minimal yeah. minimal pressure. pressure on the ball. Yeah. Uh, quite how they took eight seconds in that situation, I don't know. But they just started started really well, uh, Bristol, and Delpesh in particular, I thought. Yeah, there's just two, two elements to it. One, it's the dreaded three weeks off. Mm. Um, I'm just trying three weeks off. It's never good when you come back of three weeks off with two of your best players injured. Mm. You know, you'd rather hope that they would be fresh as opposed to injured. Um, and obviously, for McKnight, it's three months off. Yeah. Best part. Um, so, you know, you integrate, you, 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 I mean, you take Dan Clark away, that's probably 25% of their offense, not because of the numbers he gets, but because how everything runs through him. Yeah. You then take um, Josh Steele away, that's probably another 15%. So you've got to get, you know, you've got McKnight back, but McKnight's not played, so he's putting up shots. He ends up, he ends up one of 10, he's out of rhythm. He's, he's mm. totally understandable. And against that, you're coming up against possibly the best offensive team in the league. You know, in relation to the, the, how hard they play, they play really, really hard. They're together, they're physical, and um, they aren't going to give you anything easy. And um, 
Manchester's rhythm was just off. They were smart in relation to Armstrong. They went under the screens. Armstrong was a non-factor in the game. Mm. In fact, you know, they were better with Hudson on the court. They were better with um, Saunders on the court, the, the, the bench. Um, and if Lewis isn't making the threes, the, the, you know, to kind of be in that Dan Clark light figure, which he wasn't, he missed because he's out of rhythm as well because he hasn't played. Then Manchester have to come in with Magboso for the physicality of Del Pesh and also with Ulf eventually. And that just changes everything about the way they play. Mm. You know, it changes all their movement. It changes all that. It means the five's not lifting high. The five's down in the block in the way. It just makes everything more difficult for them. And offensively, they got squeezed. And if Saunders hadn't made some shots off the bench, they might not have got 50 in this game. Yeah. Um, you know, Bristol, I watched... I. I my disclosure on this is I, I remember at quarter to three this afternoon that I hadn't watched this game. So I watched the first three quarters before the yeah, yeah, yeah. um but it was a bit of a long session. And um Bristol were just ready to play, you yeah. know, and, and um that's probably because they're in they've been playing games, they've been playing competitive games. And as I say, they play hard, they, oh, they play hard every single night. Um they're flawed. Their um, offenses can stagnate. They can, they can be. There was a period of time in the third quarter where the game got horrendously ugly, um, but they were able to score enough. And now they've got Miller coming back, who is going to be a massive figure to watch in the last mm. kind of two last month and a half of the season. Yeah, um, because he he lifts their ceiling significantly from being a scrappy team who's going to create a few wins out of their defense to being a team that you know actually is going to be in your face the whole game. It has enough creative scorers to be able to um to, to you know to score enough regularly to beat you. So Manchester, I think Lloyd probably just chokes this up as like you know three weeks off missing two of my two of my highest scorers and um, no rhythm at all, no nothing at all mm. against an aggressive team. Bristol really good, as you say, Del Pesha, exceptional. The first play of the game of dunk, second play of the yeah. game of block shot, third play of the game of dunk. You know, what I mean, mm. that's the way to start. And he has a he has a two feet jump, mm. a two feet uh, dunking ability, which is probably unrivaled. I don't think anybody else in the league, not even his brother, who's actually dunking the ball like that off two feet, like he is at the moment. And that's a you know a powerful um, thing to have. Mm. Uh, Evans with uh, 19, 5 and 7. Delpish 14 and 12. Jacob 14, 7 and 6. Miller played 12 minutes and uh, and scored four points on his return. Anderson and Saunders, the only two in double figures for the Giants with 13 and 12 respectively. You mentioned McKnight, 1 of uh, 10 for two points, a minus 34 in 31 and a half minutes. Tough uh, game back. But <laughs> Tough I'm but, not I mean, sure you could expect anything else, to be honest. No, with I mean, it's a weird one, isn't it? Let's be honest. I can't yeah. remember a, a player kind of taking a leave of absence for a couple of months and then coming back. And, it, you know, I just don't remember that happening. Yet. Obviously, players get injured and come back. Yeah. You know, you know. I mean, you, you work hard, as hard as you can. You get your team to a cup final in front of 10,000 people. Then you go home. Yeah. And then you come back to Manchester two months later. You, you're missing yeah. that cup final. Um, It just... It, you know, just just obviously they still got his visa, so it's easy enough to fly him in. That might be the yeah. might be a cost thing. That that's why he came back. And obviously, people have personal issues, and, and and you know he's entitled to whatever time that Manchester think it's appropriate to have him. Yeah. But, but reintroducing somebody into a, a group when you know they've not been through the battles of the last two months and in January and February are the dog days of the season. Mm. You know that can that can it can create a little bit of 
you know, reintegration issues, you know, with the, with the morale, with the group. So where have you been? You weren't in the trenches with me, with us, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that might, that they probably were figured out that, that the trade-off is that we, well, we need another scorer mm. and he's a good guy. So we, we can get him back in and we can fit that right in. Yeah. So, you know, on that basis, you know, it may be the right move, but it's not without issue. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the game. I assume you were at on Friday yeah, night. Um, Newcastle Eagles, 87 Plymouth city Patriots, uh, 91. Uh, it seemed pretty even in the early stages. So I didn't watch the early bit of it. What did I miss Dave? <laughs> um, not really that much. Plymouth made some, made a few plays early and got it to about eight two, and then, Newcastle gradually ground, ground them down. Plymouth had been on the bus all day, you know, and um, offensively they weren't in sync early on. Um, their bench in particular missed some shots that they shouldn't miss. Newcastle, I was trying to, as I was watching it, I was trying to figure out whether, you know, whether it was Plymouth or whether it was Newcastle. Newcastle's defensive energy was was better. They were coming up two weeks off. Their offense wasn't great, but eventually they kind of kicked it into gear and um, Gordon made some shots. And to be honest, Plymouth were as I say, yeah, Plymouth were out of sync um, all the way through the first half, and Newcastle really should have been winning by more at the half. The, 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 this is another game whereby um, you know you have to stamp you stamp on the opposition's throat. They've just got off the bus. You know, you yeah. know, they shouldn't have been yeah, up by yeah. they were up by fifteen halfway through the second quarter. Fletcher got a second foul. He sat down for the last six minutes. They played a little bit of offense. Their offense kind of went through the floor a bit in the post, which kind of survived. And he got a second foul, and he sat down. And then Gordon sat down, and so um, Newcastle were kind of hanging on at the end of the at the end of the, the first half, and with, with yeah. foul trouble. Um, and so it got to ten. You know, Plymouth had made some dumb mistakes. They fouled fouled the shooter on the buzzer, three shots for person at the end of the first quarter. Um, and really, other than a little bit from Williams, I think they only had thirty three or thirty five points at the half, and they weren't really where you know they, they just weren't um, connected to the game, and. Um, in the second half, it kind of changed. Yeah, yeah. So they they got it out to 54-39 in the uh, third quarter. Johnson um, made a couple of shots. Uh, and then I thought Eagles got a bit sloppy, some some needless turnovers. And Raul Graham Bell hit a couple of threes, was playing really well. Simon's hit a three to keep that momentum going. Hart then knocks down a three as it gets contagious. And they were just reeling them back in when Hart hit them. They hit that one, actually, they went in front, 60-62. Yeah, so that's a kind of a 26-4, 26-6 run, something like that. And um, firstly, I thought Newcastle was sloppy the whole second half. They got up to 15, but Plymouth really weren't, that wasn't, you know, that was, as you say, Corey Johnson made a couple of shots, but mm. Newcastle started the half with a couple of turnovers um, and, oh, sorry, a missed shot and a turnover. And, um, the first kind of four minutes of the third quarter was pretty much even Stephen, you know, two teams kind of just treading water. Mm. And what happened then was, because I went back and watched it, Plymouth scored on 11 of the next 13 possessions. Mm. And the only and the only stops Newcastle got were a charge by person on a fast break. So it's not really a stop, it's just an individual, just a guy standing there and getting knocked over. Yeah. And a steal by Sears. That was it. Um and they scored in every which way. And you look and you break it down, and, and, and it was, you know, primarily it was when Defoe was off the court. Defoe went off the court with three fouls with six minutes to go. Mm. I think they made two of those two of those possessions they'd scored before he went off. Then the, the, the defence um, kind of 
just you know, once they fell, it didn't fall apart because it wasn't that obvious, but it just frazzled, you know, to mm. the point where by this the, 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 there was a soft double teams on Williams with Hassan under the basket, just throwing the ball. As you say, Raul Bell, Brandon Peel overhelps off Raul Graham. Raul Graham knocks down the three. Then they try and trap a screen and roll, and Raul Graham knocks down another three. And you just weren't quite sure what they were doing. And it was it was a kind of um Indicative of where their season's been defensively. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was no, I would say, 11 out of 13 times. And in the meantime, um, as you say, offensively, they got a little bit sloppy. Um, don't really have much in the way of offensive rebounding without Shelton because Gordon was playing on the perimeter. So Gordon plays a lot on the perimeter um, and knocked down four threes in this game. So it was kind of one shot and out. And then the transition defense at times really wasn't very good. Now, Plymouth, as you say, got confident. And the one thing that I really that impressed me about Plymouth um, throughout the game was that their togetherness, that they're, um, you know, and also the way that, you know, PJ didn't, doesn't mess around, you know. Cam King played, started this game and played 10 minutes. You know, he played five minutes at the beginning of the first half, they weren't that good. He played five minutes at the beginning of the second half, they weren't that good. That was it, mm. you know. Um, LBC Dusha is back from Albania, hardly played in this game. You know, the only issue um, PJ had was between uh, William, between Ubiaro and um, Simons. Mm. But the other guys, Joe Hart, Richard Hassan, Raul Graham, and Antonio Williams, that's his four. Yeah. That's his four. And those four are playing a lot of minutes. And um, they had that belief in each other, that understanding in each other, and that confidence in each other, which meant that because Newcastle didn't stand on their throat in the first half, with the way they should have, and they didn't put the game away the way they should have, um, it became a game. And at the end of the day, um, foul trouble kind of impacted the game significantly yeah. in its favour. So Defoe gets a fourth foul early in the fourth uh, quarter, but threes from Gordon and Sayers pushed it out to 71-64 with 7.48 to go. But, but again, it was a couple of steals and a block from uh, Graham Bell, and Plymouth got it back to 75 74 pretty quickly they then traded scores and uh newcastle won 77 76 which was weird because uh because it it, it looked like there was a foul and there was no shots and there was still 441 left on the clock but i was watching synergy and that was the last play of the game so well uh, done newcastle it all went it all went horribly wrong and now you can expect me to recount the last <laughs> now you have to tell us what happened <laughs> from 77 uh 76 uh, well before that I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I, I, it's remarkable that, uh, I've watched two games this week. I've seen the two worst backcourt violation calls I've seen yeah. this week. Yeah, um, that was a weird one. It was bizarre. I mean, it was a deflected pass back. Fetcher mm. caught actually with his foot well inside the opposition yeah. half and just, just went the other way. So that was the first one. And to be honest, we had three games in the north this week. Mm. We had Glasgow. We had new, a game at Glasgow on Friday, Newcastle and Manchester. Mm. And we were seeing some new referees, which mm. is never great in March. And um, I think the physicality of the Newcastle Plymouth game got maybe one or two of the refs a little bit because they're not a mid-season form either. Um, so I'd like to get back to the old days where we used to, if you remember, we used to put the rest of pictures on the website with their numbers. Yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, and I don't yeah. see why we shouldn't, but I, I don't think that we should be, you know, I don't think it's very good that we have, you know, new refs are coming to do BBL games in March. They should be doing the games in September and October. Um, but anyway, that was that's the first thing. Actually, the, the other the other backcourt call was even worse. I'll get to that in a minute in the next game. Um, so the, the so the, the physical they struggled a little bit with the physicality of the game. I thought with refereeing it, but you know that's the game. You know both teams are playing it, and who's going who's going to adjust the smarts and who's going to make the most plays. But what happened was basically the game 
was there for Newcastle. I think they went up three or four. four then, eight, 82 78 with, with three to play. And then, and then and Defoe fouled out. Yeah. And then Defoe fouled out. And that's the game. Um, yeah. And I said at the time, I actually said to my dad, who was sat next to that's the game. Um, it was a, it was a, it was one of those calls which you could make. It was kind of a, a kind of a blocking kind of call as he's moving along with somebody. You know, you could make it, you could not make it. Um, as Darius goes, it probably wasn't the most obvious foul he committed all night. Um, and um, you know, it was again, it was called by the young the young ref. Um, but you know, there we go. That, that's the breaks on Hassan. And I thought at that point. Um, Kind of Newcastle got a stop, and Johnson had a wide open three in the corner, which he which he missed, and that would that would have been a seven point game with two minutes to go, and that would I think would have probably been the game. Um, I'm not sure, given the way it finished, but that would I think that really would have potentially been the game. He missed that, and at that after that point, um, I don't remember. I, I don't. I obviously haven't been to watch it back like you guys. I don't remember how it got close. Will, um, Williams think, scored four and Joe Hart hit a three. They basically scored yeah. nine points. Nine no, points in a yeah, row. Yeah, Williams, uh, again, his, he, he, he has this very, you know, you have to try and make him shoot jump shots. I'm not sure he made a jump shot all night. Not nothing outside of about 10 or 12 feet. But he has this ability to keep his dribble and to kind of rise up off two feet and shoot the ball from anywhere inside kind of 15 feet. And it, it looks like it's going in. And because he has to control the ball there, he also has that ability to hold it until the last minute and then dump it to Hassan, mm. you know? So I, I, from memory, he, he, trying to remember, I think those shots were at the rim that he made. Um, the three that Joe Ha hit, they ran a play and it was in front of me. And I'd like, I would actually, actually went, came home because I wanted to watch it again because they, they, they ran kind of an elevator door screen um, for Joe Ha to come out. And Fletcher got caught on it. And, and Fletcher was like shouting at the ref, ref you know, he's holding me, he's holding me. Um, the reason it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't see it enough to see whether it was a foul or not. Mm. He was shouting, so Joe was wide open, Joe knocked it down, that was about a minute ten to go, something like that. Yeah, and, and that put, they then got five up as that, 82, 87, and then Fletcher scored, Fletcher had a three, but Plymouth kept making their... No, I mean, there was, there was a, the Eagles had a shot because basically they got the game back to... Um, three, um, and then with about 35 seconds left, um, didn't they, 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 sorry, they called a timeout down three with about 30 seconds left. Ran a play to get Corey Johnson a three, but it wasn't a very good look. It was probably four or five feet outside the three point line. It was short. Um, this is after Corey Johnson had fouled somebody when he shouldn't have possession before, but uh, Williams missed two foul shots, mm. so it was a three point game again. Um, Eagle, Gordon hustles for the rebound, got the ball on the base on the baseline. Eagles got the ball on the baseline, and yet again, couldn't get the ball in bounds. We've seen it all season. Inbounds turnovers in the last minute of the game. Mm. They gave the ball, I think, to Johnson instead of Fletcher, who normally takes the ball out, and he tried to throw a lob from the baseline back up towards the halfway line on the wing to Person, and it was just, it was just, you know, Hart was all over him, and I think Person touched the ball. We might be out of bounds or whatever, but. Mm. It was kind of an abomination of a of an attempt, and um, which meant that at that point Newcastle had to foul, and then Williams knocked down some foul shots, um, and as you say, Fletcher came back for a layup, and then they, then they knocked down some more foul shots, so they were up four, and then Fletcher made a three on the buzzer, made the stats look a bit better, mm. um, but that you know, and actually they fouled again, up with after he made that three with two seconds to go, um, 
Williams knocked them both down, so it was a four-point game, but the game was over. Mm. It was a good job he did, because Gordon threw a pass on the buzzer, or, or sorry, he threw a pass for one second to go, all the way from the baseline to Wes Person in the far corner of the court, on the left-hand side, who, who managed to catch it, turn, chuck it up, and he stood on, he stood on the sideline, so it didn't count, but it's not in the stats. But he caught it, turned, chucked it up, and it swished. So that could have been, could have been, a, yeah, could yeah, have been yeah. a remarkable play. Um, but overall, no, you know, I mean, Plymouth are meant to win that game. You know, the, the reality is that um, they, they've come on the bus all day. Mm. You know, they've they've gone through. They, they're they've came out cold. They've um, played cold in the first half, um, and it, that has to be a game that Newcastle win. Um, just as if Newcastle had gone down to Plymouth in the same situation, that would have yeah, to be yeah. a game that Plymouth win. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead, you know, Plymouth scored fifty-eight points in the second half. Yeah, and 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 an innumerable amount of points in the paint. Yeah, which again is Newcastle's Achilles' heel and probably Plymouth's strength. Yeah, For, forty-two points in the paint uh, to twenty-six. In yeah, favor. well, that's the game, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so Gordon with twenty, Fletcher eighteen and eleven, Sayers five of uh, seven, shooting for thirteen points as well as the points in the paint they just had five points off turnovers three second chance points uh newcastle uh hassan 23 and 11 9 of 13 shooting williams 19 and 15 assists ubro 19 uh 29 12 in fast break points as well um that, that's something plymouth do a, a good job at and, and they yeah, got but some... basically all, all the all the intangibles you know yeah yeah, the, yeah. Fast yeah, exactly, points, yeah points in the paint the offensive rebounding all that stuff all the, the extra stuff ultimately the team that gets easier shots is probably going to win yeah, and yeah. in that game plymouth got eventually it wouldn't have been the same at halftime but eventually they got more they got easier shots yeah they did uh, so let's move to the game I was at on Friday night. Uh, Sky Sports game, Glasgow Rocks, 75, London Lions, 96. Justin Robinson was back. No Josh Ward-Hibbert in this game. Um, it was a pretty even first quarter, despite the fact that the two teams were playing a completely different game. Um, yes. Reese was hitting threes. Martin Washburn hit threes. And at the other end, it was Jack Domney inside. Harris driving, Johnson driving. So it was basically threes against twos. Yeah, which is never good for the three, for the, for the people who are shooting the twos, as we've discussed before. Um, yeah, and it was kind of indicative of what these teams are. I was a little bit kind of more enthused with London, albeit that enthusiasm has kind of Wayne diminished again this afternoon. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I, I thought I, I saw some kind of adjustments to what they were doing, and particularly in relation to Martin. Martin was stepping outside. He put up six threes in this game. There was more space being created as a result. You know, obviously, we know that they made a, a boatload of threes, a record load of threes, but that doesn't come without adjustments in relation to the spacing and the, the shots that people are getting, you know? Um, and we know that Glasgow's defence is not good and their perimeter defence is probably less than not good. Um, <laughs> it certainly was on Friday you know, night. Um, and yeah, I get that they were between two a semi final Friday, Wednesday, and, 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 a, and a Sunday. And I get that they were playing London, and I get that um, Hillsman didn't play, you know, Gareth Murray didn't play much. Um, but you've still got five guys out there who are playing, and you know that you're playing against a team that can shoot the hell out of the ball. And therefore, you know, you have to find out which which way we're going to lose to London, where we're not going to lose by letting those guys just stand there and, and shoot it in a rhythm. And they did. 
Um, so I didn't really have that much sympathy for the the kind of the Friday Sunday argument. Ultimately, no, so hoping we got a chance to, to win it. Um, so yeah, it was more interesting for look because of the, the the personnel that Glasgow were playing with, um, and the fact that they had one eye on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I thought it was more interesting kind of a game to, to kind of assess London. Yeah, and I think London made too many threes for their own good, um, which yeah, sounds ridiculous. Have. Yeah, but yeah. Might moving on. I know exactly what you mean on that. Well, the, um. Interesting thing, Cugini didn't play at all in the first quarter, and then he comes in in the second quarter, mm -hmm. hits two threes straight away, and it looked at that point like they were really just going to absolutely torch them. But um, Fraser Malcolm was excellent off the yeah, bench. Played really well. Yeah, played really well. Yeah, and I think you know, we, we, you know we've talked about you know London. Despite London's size, their deficiencies are in on the interior defense. Despite the fact they've got probably. The best shot clock that we've had here in five or ten years. That's still an inter poor interior defensive team. Prince eBay in, might might challenge that. As yeah, such. it might be, maybe, but I, you know, I know what you mean. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, he played. A few, he played. He was injured off the season, so I'll go with yeah. Kevin. Um, I get what you on a one-off game. Hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but um, and also Kevin's got more of an offensive game, so I'm kind of biased. So it's yeah, different. Yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Really shouldn't be considering it, but even so. Um, but um, but but you could never say against um, Prince eBay and Plymouth that they were soft inside. No, no, but no, 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 yeah. You know that's the problem. They've got the the point is they've got one of the best shot blockers we've seen. But because of the nature of his shot blocking, which is generally his wingspan, whereas if you tried to move if you tried to move eBay the way that they, the way that people can move Kelly, yeah, and yeah, get yeah, the shoulder yeah, into yeah, him, it ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, I mean, physically, he's more Cephas Bunton than pre Prince, yeah, Eno, isn't he? Yeah, just a kind of a bigger, a bigger yeah. version of Cephas yeah. Bunton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so Jack Dom is able to, you know, it was scored, Harris able to get inside, and they're able to finish inside because you know, London's kind of played all season with Kelly back there, and as such, they don't really play much help defense, they just leave it to him. Yeah, and Kelly's not doing Kelly's not all that effective, or people can score on Kelly, and we saw that today with Cove. Um, then there's no other, there's nothing else there. Um, and but reality was that you're not going to, they couldn't stop them. And your team makes 23 threes yeah. in a game, um, in a 40 minute game. Yeah, yeah. Now you're thinking that 23 in an NBA game is an outlier. Yeah. In a 48 minute game, a 23 in a 40 minute game is silly. Well, you know? that's the funny thing because Rocks were up five with 90 seconds to go in the second quarter. And then Reese Williams Kajini hit threes. And they go in down four. Uh, and at half time, we're sat there going 12 of 19, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, this isn't sustainable. Um, but it but it turned out that it was sustainable and we didn't know what we were talking about. It's because who's shooting them? You know, these yeah. guys, these guys shoot three three point set threes like they're like they're um, foul shots. Mm -hmm. You know, Kajini shoots it like it's a foul shot, William shoots it like it's a foul shot, Reese shoots it like it's a foul shot. Justin Robinson shoots it like it's a foul shot. If you can let these guys get clear looks, they're going to knock them down. Mm. And um, it's an interesting thing with Glasgow because I haven't kind of figured out whether it's a mentality thing or just a lack of kind of physicality, lack, lack of bodies, lack of athletic bodies to be able to do it. But you, you don't really, you know, Johnson's quick. Jordan Johnson's quick. Jordan Harris is a hell of an athlete going one way, but you don't really see it at the defensive end. Um, other than blocking shots, maybe you know, and trying, you don't see it on the ball on ball defense. You don't really see Jack Dom is obviously foul prone. He's got every tool, but you know he doesn't know how to use it. Vance Johnson is at the moment big, but that's about it. 
Mm. Um, it, it, but you know, Malcolm Murray, they're, they're six six. They're long. You know, they should be better. Mm. I can't see a reason why they're not better than they are defensively. Yeah. And you know, and, and the thought was always, oh, maybe it's because they've got Ali Fraser playing in the middle. The middle. Ali Fraser's not a shot blocker. He's more of an offensive player. Ali Fraser's not playing anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You know you, you've got you got you starting off with Jack Donnelly and Johnson, Johnson, which is probably the biggest front line in the league, mm. right? And you're letting teams shoot 23 threes over you when you should be sending them straight to those guys and saying, finish over us in the paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I, I, I have to kind of, I think, fool me once, fool me twice, whatever. It's just, mm. it's you know, eventually it becomes, a, it's an endemic problem that they have. And, you know, if you can't at least make the effort to run London off the three-point line, then you get what you deserve. Yeah. So the Rocks sort of hung around until late in the third, and then five points from Robinson uh, got the Lions away, and they just absolutely cruised it in the fourth quarter. They were 23 of 36 for 63% from the three-point line. I can go back to 2008 for game stats. There were five times where teams have hit 20. Nobody's hit 23. So it's a record in that time, and my guess is that means it's a record of all time because people didn't shoot threes. Uh, nobody shot 36 threes. The only question would be whether there was one game where Russ Saunders went nuts. In, uh, no, I don't the, think he there, was. There was one, yeah. yeah, we did. Was, I mean, he could shoot 26 in a game himself. Yeah, there was one was like, season the where he averaged something mad, like five five makes a game or something. Yeah, I was watching that season. He didn't have much else on his team. No. So, so um, but but that would be my thing is for him to he'd have to get all twenty three on his own. Yeah, would be, would have well, Dougie, Dougie made a few. Dougie, Dougie, if Dougie's listening to this. Yeah, Dougie would have yeah. made a few. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dougie and, got uh, two and he got twenty one. Yeah, um, one of the only games he won that season was when Russ wasn't playing. It's remarkable. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, actually, but everything. Um, so, I mean, the numbers on London are, are bonkers, really. 11 of 29 for two, so half as many twos as they had threes. Five of six from free throw line, so half as many ones as they had twos. And 16 points in the paint. And you go, how can you win with 16 points in the paint? But how can, you get, how, how, can you get, how can you get 96 points yeah. when you've got 16 points in the paint and five free throws? It doesn't... Welcome doesn't to 2021, then. <laughs> yeah, 22. But, even. but again, but yeah. we've come back to it. Fool's gold, there's a little bit of fool's gold about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Rocks were led by um, Fraser Malcolm. who had 19 points. That's his best tally in the, in the BBL. Eight of 12 shooting, seven rebounds as well. Jordan Johnson, 17 and seven. Um, Dirk Williams had 21. Here's the three-point shooting. Uh, he was eight of 11 shooting. Here's the three-point shooting. Dirk was five of seven. Reese was four of six. Kajini, four of five. Robinson, three of four. The worst three-point shooters on the London team were Neighbor and Martin, who shot 40% from the three-point line. Two of five. That's Reese, Kajini, Robinson, and, and Williams. Dirk. Yeah. Shooting, tw- getting 22 threes off. Yeah, you know, that, you know, twenty. You know, the, the, no wonder they're shooting high percentage because they are great shooters, yeah, and they're yeah. getting twenty-two threes off. And a lot of them are standstill, feet on the floor threes. There weren't many threes where you guys went, "Oh, what a shot!" Yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah. weren't, you know, there was just a, it was routine. Yeah. So uh, let's move to Saturday night. Bristol Flyers seventy-five, Leicester Riders uh, seventy-eight. Um, 
Mo Walker was dressed for the riders, but he big didn't big play. Big yeah, 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 yeah. He did. He, he was running the layup line, but uh, yeah. didn't look very convincing in that. Uh, so again, I was driving back from uh, Sports Doc, and uh, I had this on. On um, I had this plugged in so I could listen to it. Um, and this is where Joel is really good at, um, yeah. at doing TV commentary. One or two others around the league sort of lean a bit more towards radio. And when you're yeah. when you're not able to watch the pitches, TV commentary isn't helpful, and radio no. would be a bit more no, helpful. Yeah. Uh, so I've watched some of this uh, back this morning, but I but I haven't seen uh, every play of the game. But but um, Zach Jackson, some early threes. Leicester got out to an early start, and and. Um, and and our, the commentary was was about this is going to be a high scoring game, and then suddenly it all flipped over. Yeah, it was a, it was kind of a fun game actually. I really quite enjoyed it because there was a bit of an edge to it. And there's an edge yeah. to all Bristol's games now, and that's good. I like I like the mentality that they've adopted. And I thought Leicester, Leicester you see Leicester got beat by them in the trophy, but then they came in and, and flacked them the week after, so they yeah. kind of avenged that loss. And you're waiting, waiting to see whether they still had that loss in their mind and they were going to avenge it again, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and to start with, they weren't entirely what I'd describe as on it. Um, the first couple of offences, um, you know, Whelan kind of shot an off-balance three, then Gino just kind of chucked up a three, and it was you were looking at things, mm, and then you think, mm, maybe they're not... You know, they're not event. They're not. It looked like the first game against Bristol, not the second. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, they've had a couple of weeks off as well. And they've had a couple of weeks off as well, and obviously, Gino's had some stuff going on. Yeah, um, you know, changing nappies and the was like. it, who was it, who was it? Was it the um, Churchill said events, dear boy, events? <laughs> um, you know, they 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 do nothing much more of an event than having your first child, <laughs> watching your entire previously yeah. known universe yeah. implode. Yes. Um, into something well, entirely it, it, different. It was, it was 10 years ago. Uh, it was 10 years ago on Friday that, um, that Worcester uh, beat Guildford 78 uh, 100, which I remember very well. Right. It's the most talked about uh, TV game I've ever done in our household. Coincidentally, it should have been at the hospital bedside. I was it? there. I got back in time. I got yeah. back in time. Yeah, I got, well, so, I got so, talked so, off of reading the paper. Um, yeah, so it changes things, and and he yeah. was, you know, again, I would say he was slightly under color, off color a little bit, just I mean, just in relation to the levels that he's reached. Um, and um, Zach Jackson, you know, it was his, you know, he has this ability to score so efficiently that he gets lost at times and, and yeah. you know, I've talked previously about how Leicester's game is about you know primarily about Gino and the bigs and, and you've got to take that away first um, but you also have to be able to defend the shooters as well and, and it kind of went the cycle went through Gino went through the bigs everybody had a shot but then when Zach Jackson got the ball he was able to attack he does it in, in a um, in a way which means that he, you don't really notice it um, the way that he scores the ball very efficiently, he finishes at the rim, and um, throughout the game, he kind of was the reason that Leicester won this game because he wouldn't let yeah. them lose this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the meantime, though, you know, Bristol did what they did to everybody else. They they were dominant. I wouldn't say dominant inside, but they were so aggressive inside that um, they they send multiple bodies to the boards. Um, they have a couple of big shot makers in Evans and Jacob. 
And Jacob just pulls a shot out of nowhere and you think, where did he pull that from? But he does it so often, you know where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, and um, as a result, there was, it was kind of the back to the first game they played in the trophy, so it was yeah, close. Yeah. And, and you was, weren't sure. Really I, I always thought Leicester had too much, but you weren't quite sure if they were going to be able to stretch it out over the forty-minute game. There, there wasn't really much in it, um, a basket or two here or there, until the Flyers got the last eight points of the half. Delpesh, you talked about his uh, his dunks a little earlier. A couple of couple of dunks in that one to get them out to forty thirty-three. But even then, that kind of disappeared quickly after halftime. Jackson and then some and ones from. Uh, Crandall and Whelan, and it, it it got back to that sort of, you know, yeah. first, yeah, yeah. Um, this was this was the second horrendous backcourt backcourt call. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. may not have seen it. I don't know if you saw it. I did see it. Yeah, you yeah, did yeah, see yeah. it. Um, uh, and it was on Leicester throwing the ball back to to Crandall, and for him to have been in the backcourt, he'd have to be a you know Bob Beeman. If he'd been, in, if he took off in the backcourt and where he caught the basketball to say that he yeah, caught, yeah. took off in the back, it had been Bob Beeman, you know, in, in Mexico City in 1968. It was just, <laughs> watch it back, it was just, a, just absolute, it was absolute nonsense. I mean, yeah. he, he put it, I think he'd established, he established at least, he did just a little hop skip thing, but yeah. he established his foot, you know, miles in the front court. I mean, I just looked at that and I was like, whoa. But again, as a ref, I haven't seen much, you know, and, and sometimes there are refs you don't see much are kind of keen to make calls, you know. Um, and rather than just looking, just hang on, let's slow down. So yeah, two horrendous backcourt calls this year. This one, so I, I'm sympathetic for. And how <laughs> Pat and Ostro didn't go off in on that one. <laughs> I was watching the bench, like, what? you know, whatever. So he must, he must be in a good place um, because I think I'd have been up, I'd have been flying around the bench on that. Um, so let's just let's just spin this yeah, forward to the end forward, because yeah. it, it was basically score for score. Evans with a, a little flow to Jacob with a, a big shot for three. Uh, 73, um, 70, uh, 73, 66, three and a half minutes to go. And um, uh, Gareth Till uh, absolutely on the money went, oh, this Riders team, you know, are never out of it. They, they're going to make a run or whatever. He, he sort of nailed it in advance of what was coming. But I guess we've, we've, we've sort of seen this movie before, both in terms of how the Flyers can be at finishing games and how Leicester can can recover and, and, and sort of Jackson... Uh, took over the game in that sort of Jackson unassuming sort of way where he, he actually dominated the, the next yeah. uh, th- three and a half minutes. I thought that, Bristol's yeah. offense kind of just, just, just flamed out to be yeah. honest. Um, and I think it was, uh, it was partly, it was partly Leicester's defense, which was solid, but I thought Bristol turned down some shots, which they had and, and to throw a bath, I thought they got tight. Jacob had turned down at least a couple. There was one one possession, I think they pressured Evans. He only just got the ball at the half court. And by the time they're into his offense, eight seconds to go and they're turning down shots. Um, they didn't really know where they were going. I was surprised. And I know I gather he was on a minutes restriction, but Miller for me needed to be in the game. He was a plus 13 in this game. Mm. Um and sorry, it was Miller was in the game for about a minute and a half to go. I think it was earlier than that he needed to be in the game. Um, it was Miller that was pressured that now he turned the ball over, but they didn't have the offense. Um, but he only played like 15 minutes, he was plus 13 in this game. That's why you know he's going to be a really big player. But they, they, their, their shots in the last three minutes were primarily yeah. Hail Mary's. And, and so, you know, so Leicester, uh, Leicester ran off them. The, the first one, the first one Jackson scored was it was a bit of a something out of nothing. It looked like it, they weren't going anywhere, and then he managed to get a uh, a two and then out of a timeout um 
they they missed, and then he got the M one in transition where transition is a transition layup, but that's got, a killer because it was a half court game. Giving yeah. up points in transition at that point was a pretty significant one. It was and then it was who was who was going to make a shot? Yeah. And he made it, and actually nobody made a shot for for a for yeah. a couple of a couple of minutes. And Flyers then had one where they got two offensive rebounds on the same play, yeah, uh, and then Evans goes to the free throw line. Uh, and missed both free throws, and with a minute to go, I think Jackson might have swiped it off the ring. It could have, it could have been uh, loving, but it, one of them got up there and, and, and tapped it away. And then probably the, the 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 dagger shot, even though there's still quite a bit to play, but you could yeah. feel it sort of suck some of the air out of the building. Was Jackson that step back three? Yeah, that was a tough shot. Three a seconds. Shot. I mean, go. Evans missed. Evans had had a serious kind of head knock a couple of minutes beforehand. You know, he landed on his shoulder yeah, on his yeah, on did, foul. Yeah. And so, you know, having him come back in it that quickly um, and, and then he's the one on the line and he kind of gave him a bit of a break for missing those two foul shots. Uh, just thinking back, actually, I was watching this game. It was interesting watching Leicester because Loving actually sat a long time in this game. Um, he, he sat until about the three-minute mark in the fourth quarter. And normally when Leicester are that deep in the fourth quarter, that's normally the, they normally go with that lineup all the way. But... Rob brought Loving and Whelan back and took Connor and McKenzie. Adekoya out. Oh, Adekoya, sorry. Yeah. And so he ends up, and Nelson Henry was kind of struggling in the game, so he ends up with, um, it, might have had, it might have been Adekoya in the game instead of Nelson Henry, I can't remember. Um, but he, he went back to his kind of tried and trusted. He went back to Crandall, Loving, Whelan and Jackson. Mm. And I thought, is he going to do that or is he not going to stick with Connor? And um, that was the lineup that eventually brought them back. Um, because they have that little bit of extra physicality defensively, I think, which probably helped them. But as you say, the, I mean, the, the, the Jackson three, Bristol played pretty good defense. They had to move the ball, they had to sh shuffle it around the, the, the perimeter. I think Crowder penetrated and got kicked around. And even then, Jackson had to dribble for it to his left step yeah, back and yeah, shoot it. Yeah, yeah. Jackson's a weird guy. I mean, he shoots everything really well apart from foul shots. You know, it's just really, it's really surprising. And, um, you know, you felt that that was going in because he was so confident for the rest of the way. And the rest of the way, um, you didn't. I can't remember Bristol getting another good look and thinking, oh, the other shot. Well, that. yeah. So it's seventy-three, seventy-four with forty-three seconds to go. I thought they were a bit static on the on the next yeah. play, and they ended up with a a deep three from Jacob, which was way short. Leicester got the rebound. There were about eighteen seconds on the clock at that point. Yeah. Um, but but Bristol. I mean, uh, Joel uh, Joel was going. They've got a foul. They've got a foul. They've got yeah. a foul. And he was right on the money. But it took them nine seconds before they. Yeah managed to commit a foul and Jackson actually did go two for two from the free throw line. So yeah, he'd, he hit, those ones, yeah. Yeah, he'd hit 10 points in a row in three minutes to go from, from uh, uh, what was it? 73-66 to 73-76. Yeah. Um, timeout, advance the ball. Obviously, the one thing Leicester don't want to do here is give up three points. Yeah. Defended the three-point line really well. Adekoya you could see he was thinking, I'm going to go block him, and then realized, no, 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 we'll give him the yeah. two, moved out of the way. Um, yeah. And it was Jacob dunk, dunked it in. So yeah, to be fair, people get a lot of criticism, but that was pretty smart from both teams. Mm. I'll give them credit. Yeah. And they got the ball yeah. into that baseline pass, which they've been trying to do all season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, so there's six seconds to go, quick foul. Um, and then uh, Evans sends. 
Crandall to the line. Um, yeah, he knocks him down. He uh, apparently knocks him down. Yeah, his body language was good. Uh, <laughs> 75 camera angles, fellas, but come on. <laughs> come <laughs> I'd on. like to see the ball go through. There's no offensive rebound and a dodgy foul call on that. I'm yeah. not very happy today. I'm not very happy yeah, looking yeah. at Gino Crandall's face. Oh, so 75-78, timeout, um, advance the ball. They ran Jacob off two screens to the corner, turn around yeah. three. Wheeling is straight up right there, making it a difficult shot, but that wasn't too yeah, far yeah, away. No, I know he made it. I mean, it's a ridiculous shot. Ridiculous, sorry, ridiculously tough shot. Probably the right personnel to get it. Mm. But, you know, if anybody can, he shoots it high, he's got long arms, he's going to get his shot off and they're gonna, not going to block it. Then he shoots a high percentage. So it was right to get that guy. I mean, you're always a little bit kind of, it's a very tough shot to get a three because you've got to run to the corner, you've got to keep your feet in bounds. You got to catch it. You got to spin, and you got somebody right on top, and you've got no way of kind of faking them up in the air. Mm. So I'm not sure the corner is the best place to shoot it, but it's a high percentage shot from the corner. Um, but no, Leicester defended it well. Leicester saw the game really well, um, and you know that's ultimately the other thing. Bristol played the night before. Yeah, you know this is yeah. kind of the BBL. Um, you know maybe the legs dropped a little bit. Maybe those threes at the end of the game they weren't dropping because the legs weren't quite there because they played minutes the night before. Um, but then that's why you've got to kind of beat them up in the first half when you're in rhythm and try and get ahead yeah. by 20. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Evans, 18, Jacob, uh, 17, although they were a combined 11 for 28. Uh, Delpesh, 14. Um, 13 of 20 from the free throw line. Seven missed free throws. Yeah, in, in but the that's your legs, game. isn't it? That's your knees. Uh, Jackson, 28 points, 8 for 14 uh, shooting. Whelan, 11 and nine and was a plus 16 in 28 minutes Leicester 21 of 25 from the free throw line yeah well, the game. in the three-point game that's uh, yeah. eight point difference off only five more shots uh so let's go to Sunday London Lions 76 Sheffield Sharks 83 no Isaiah Reese a knee problem apparently Josh Ward Hibbert I think they said he had a broken bone in his hand yeah, I watched. Um, I just watched it. I watched. I heard that, and I quickly, obviously, cashed out, and then um, <laughs> got my, um, and then got my, um, went back and watched the last three minutes of your game against yeah. the Glasgow game to see what was wrong. Because one of the things in that game was that they played all those guys to the end. Yeah, Reese played right to the end of that game, and, yeah, I, and yeah. I remember thinking Cugini was on the court at the end, and you know, I was thinking, yeah. oh, by twenty, you know, why, why is he playing? Um, and there was one moment with about three minutes to go where he kind of reached down and just kind of put his hand on his left knee and he kind of strolled through the last three minutes. He wasn't really playing it anyway. And in fact, you even made a layup where you just said he walked through the he walked through the, um, mm. the, the Glasgow team. But you didn't see anything which was a, a, a you know a, a, a noticeable discomfort um, whereby a player says, no, I can't go. So it was a bit surprising to kind of... Mm. So that he wasn't there, but he was on the bench. So, um, but that changes their whole ecosystem. That does. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, completely. Um, and obviously, Justin, uh, you've got Justin uh, to to come in, but he's had his problems with injuries this week. So you now uh, this season. So you're now increasing the amount of minutes that you would uh, play him, and and whether he's uh, he's quite ready for that in his sort of recovery because it's obviously been a bit of a bumpy. Uh, yeah, recovery for him, yeah, for, that's true. for him. Um, but uh, Dirk and uh, and and Will Neighbor hit some shots early on. They got to an early six point lead. Nichols and Johnson closed it back at 25 24. It was it was really there was nothing much 
in the game at all, to be honest with you. I almost want to just go straight to the last yeah, last few minutes there's a couple of, the game. of things. I mean, I thought there wasn't much in the game, but I thought Sheffield did a better. You know, firstly, Bennett Cole came out mm. and, and um, you know, and, and took it to Kyrie Kyrie yeah. Kelly. Yeah, you know, he just took it to him. I mean, he did it by getting his shoulder into him. You yeah. know, he turned the ball over his first possession. After that, he scored four consecutive times. You know, and, and obviously a had started him. He hasn't started him kind of all season uh, or for much of the season. And um, that was a massive thing because, you know, once Sheffield um, established themselves inside, then that changes the way London have to defend them everywhere else. Yeah. And, you know, I talked about it last week when Sheffield had given it to the big guys and the big guys hadn't scored and how that yeah, takes yeah. the Surrey game, how it takes my rhythm. Yeah. But when the big guys do score, that gets everybody off confidence. Yeah. Secondly, I thought um, London didn't really respect Sheffield's scores. Mm. Um particularly Johnson, who's basically averaging 20 a game off the bench. He's putting up 15 shots in 25 minutes. He's scoring efficiently. And I thought throughout the game, they paid him no special attention. He had nine points in his first four minutes on the court, um, culminating in a three at the end of the first quarter, where nobody went out to guard him. Um, and I, I just didn't see any attention to detail from London in relation to him or um, in relation to, to, to Cook. And there isn't, certainly without Reese there, that changes all the lobs because Kelly doesn't get any lobs without Reese there because that's not yeah. just his game. You know, no. Reese is, is a laconic dribbler, always looking up just into pound it dribbler to get to his spot. He can throw the lob, but he's, but he's little less, so he has, to, he has to be faster in his dribble, which means that he, he can't kind of throw the lobs off one, off one hand. So that, that takes Kelly out of the game. And Kelly in the first half was dominated by Coke. Um, Neighbour made some shots, but they, they, they couldn't get a stop with him on the court. Uh, and um, Sheffield got comfortable. Mm. Uh, Kip and Nichols got comfortable. And um, Johnson has got a rule with that team, which is basically you come in and score the ball. You know, and you have to know that. He has to be the first guy on the, on the list. You know, he's shooting 50, he's shooting... I calculate he's shooting once every minute and a half, once every minute and 40 seconds. That means once every three possessions he's in the game, the ball's going up. Mm. And you only get points, but you, you, you only win games by defending the guys who shoot the ball. It's not about defending yeah, guys yeah. who don't shoot yeah, the ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> he can play the best defense you want on somebody who's not shooting the ball, but if he's going to yeah. shoot the ball and he's efficiently doing it, then he's the one you've got to defend. Yeah. And I didn't see any plan for them, and, and which given that they have Dirk Williams and Julian Washburn, who are two of the best on-ball defenders in the league, I thought was, was scandalous. You know, I thought this guy's scoring. You've got, you've got to say, right, he ain't touching it. Mm. Right, he's, he's, we know he's putting the shots up. We're going to make them difficult. He's going to finish this game four or fifteen, not nine or fifteen. Yeah. And they didn't do that. Um, I don't think they've done much of that all season, to be fair, because of the talent gap. But the talent gap is 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 um, limited with when Reese isn't there, mm. and to a certain degree when Ward Hibbert isn't there as well. So now they're playing, you know, an American down, a high level American down against a team that's got. Some really solid players. Basically, he's got six American players. If you include Glasgow as American, albeit he's British, um, you know, and Retino is American, but he's Portuguese passport. They got some really, really good players there. And um, I, I felt like Sheffield were going to win this game all the way through. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. So seven minutes to play. It's sixty-eight, sixty-nine. Nichols layup. Nichols three. Johnson scores. Three minutes to go. They've scored seven in a row. It's sixty-eight, uh, seventy-six, and and as you say, it. Um, what was the game the other week? Was it Plymouth where yeah. where it felt like London thought they were 
going to win. I didn't feel like London were going to win this game from, no. from 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 that point on, even though Kelly gets the next two scores and they've cut it to four with, with two minutes to go. Yeah, and, and, you know, there was some stuff going on with London's personnel, which you're kind of figuring out. You know, again, Kajini didn't come into the second quarter, albeit in Sheffield. Sheffield guarded Kajini. Mm. You know, obviously, I know Wallace went to college with them, but even so, they guarded him. You know, they were, it wasn't Glasgow, so they were guarding people that they knew who, they knew who they had to guard. Um, the Robinson probably needed to play 35 minutes in that game because Lockhart came in. Lockhart hasn't played for ages. He doesn't look in the best of shape, to be honest. I've seen Andre in better shape than that. And not in the rhythm of the team. Right? So the um, next point guard to that is um, Dirk Williams. You know, after now in the second half, Lockhart didn't come off the bench and um, Dirk played the point in the minutes that Justin didn't play. That's tough. You know, that's just that just takes him out of everything. And Justin sat down for most of that fourth quarter run that Sheffield went on. Um, because he didn't come back in until three or four minutes to go, I don't think, in the game. And at that point, um, yeah, I think he played 26 minutes in the game, but as I say, he needed to play 35, but he probably can't play 35 because of his health. So it's not it's not necessarily criticism, it's just tough. Um they surprised me a little bit because they you know they always seem to London always seem to when they're chasing the game they always end up with this lineup with Washburn at the four. Always. And in that it was Justin Dirk, Kajini, Washburn and, and Kelly or Martin. Yeah. But during the game they don't play that. Mm. During the game it's well neighbor at the four, it's right Martin at the four. Um and only a very occasionally will it be Washburn. Well if that's your best lineup you need to play it more. Mm. I assume he thinks it's the best lineup because that's the lineup that's finishing the game. Mm. You know, when they're behind. So that's that's like trying to get them back in the game. Uh, and I, I don't get that. Also, you know, I think Ryan Martin probably played twice a minute to Will Neighbour. And Ryan Martin has now supplanted Chris Tawier as their second centre, which I understand slightly harsh on Tawier, but you know, Martin's probably gives them a bit more stretch and a bit more off the with the ball, um, a little bit more scoring. Um, but you know, Will Neighbour couldn't miss in the first half and he played 30 minutes in this game. You know, so they've got to decide what they're going to be. They've got to decide if they're going to be an offensive team. They've got to decide if they're going to be a defensive team. If they're going to be a defensive team, and they've got to pay attention to a scout report. Yeah, you know, and then um, ultimately, even when the game got close at the end, when Dirk made that four-point play, yeah, I think it was Rod Glasgow. It was maybe in the play before that when they got they on a little run. Rod Glasgow came down and knocked down a, a typical seventeen-foot shot. Yeah, it you was know, the off the dribble. Before. So, so um, it, Glasgow, exactly that. Uh, One forty-nine to go, made it. His 72. shot, you know, his shot. You got to take that yeah, shot away. He yeah, can't. Yeah. report shot. Dirk makes a, a four-point play. It's seventy-six, seventy-eight with fifty-one seconds to go, and then the 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 decisive dagger shot. Johnson drives in, kicks out to Wallace in rhythm three, seventy-six, eighty-one. I just thought, yeah, I just thought they had no no idea what they were doing with Johnson. You know, I don't think they knew what he was. I don't think they, they had a plan on how to defend him and who should be defending him. For me, you find that when he's in the game, it's either it's probably Washburn because he's actually more, because Dirk this year has become such an offensive threat. But, you know, Washburn is the guy who's really committed to, to kind of doubling down on defence. There are certain players, and you only need a sample size of five or six games to determine this. You don't need to know all season. It's not like it's like Mike Cook all season. Who's, who's, you know, it's in April. We know well, we've got to stop him. Mm. You know, if somebody's averaging 20 a game off the bench in the last five games, you, he, is, he has to be the one. Yeah. And you have to make a plan for that. And what happened was 
he made a great play because he penetrated and for the first time in the game he didn't shoot it <laughs> you know and he kicked it out and Wallace was in rhythm perfect feet set three and and, and and knocked it down but if you look at the kind of the quality of the shots that they wanted you know there's an earlier point in the game where you know Kyra, Kyra, Kyra Kelly was guarding Kipper Nichols you know and Kipper Nichols just took him and scored mm. and then um Ryan Martin was switched on to Antoine Johnson and Johnson was able to score. And it's happened on multiple occasions. You're just waiting for London. When are you going to go small? Mm. You're, gonna, you're getting killed. You're getting killed. The bigs are getting killed. And um, it took them too long to do that. And eventually, yeah, they got discount probably as a great play. And that was kind of the game because um, from memory, they didn't, get a, they didn't get a good look the next time down. No, they got, uh, Kelly got a scale, steal, but, um, but, but, uh, well, first the, the, of all, there, there was, yeah, it was, a there was the five-second violation as well. Yeah, of course, another, right. another failing to get the ball inbound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like how many times, guy. You know, yeah. I almost think coaches need to stop going. Yeah, stop putting timeouts. I stop drawing up plays. Yeah, just get <laughs> yeah. the ball inbound. You know, yeah. get the guy on your shoulder, lean in, hit the hand. Yeah, hit the hand. Yeah. Give me the ball. Get out of the way. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dirk Williams with twenty-one points. Justin Robinson, twelve points and five assists. Um, 10 each for Washburn and Neighbour. 20 points in the paint versus 40 points in the paint. And we talked about it in the other game, um, but they didn't make 23 three-pointers this time around. Well, because Sheffield defended them better. Um, Sheffield were on the scouting report. It was a really impressive win for Sheffield because um, it wasn't a fluke. Um, they looked better prepared. They looked more together. Um, and when they get the, 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 the Achilles heel is their inside scoring. And Del Pesce didn't play much in this game. You know, Tuck played a little bit and made a three um, on a soft closeout from whoever was guarding him and were standing there, standing there looking really. Um, but primarily it was Cook. If they yeah. get that out of Cook, you know, the 14 points or whatever, that's all they six need. Six of eight shooting. On six of eight shooting, that's all they need out of him. And um, then they become extremely dangerous because they've got so many weapons down, the, you know, going down the um, the depth chart in relation to the guards. Uh, Nichols had twenty-one and six, nine of twelve shooting. Johnson twenty-one as well. So let's go to uh, Manchester Giants ninety-four, Surrey Scorchers seventy-five. Same same on absentees uh, for this game, and really. Uh, Will Saunders with seven points early in the second quarter, 23-16, then he another three. A few minutes later, it's 33-21, and there wasn't really... I watched the first half, because yeah. whilst I was watching the... more interested in watching the Sheffield game, to be yeah. honest. So I've got the first half on my phone, keeping an eye on yeah. it and listening to the commentaries to keep myself there. There's a couple of things that stood out for me. I was just watching, watching the game and looking at the lineup. It was like... That the, the Surrey team may be, may have the least quickness of any BBL team I can ever remember. That sounds good. Now, obviously, Dangakodo's not playing. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that changes it, right? And that's not to say that they're not athletic because they are. Mm. But they're not, there's not one of them which you, you, know, you would regard as, as quick, as, as having a first step, really. Davis has power and athleticism. Hamrick, is kind of a wing kind of athlete, but not necessarily, he's not a guy who's going to, he's not a Harris from Glasgow who's going to blow past you off the dribble or anything like that. Ringer's a big guy. Theo's a, a body. And um, 
Thomas, the big is another big guy, six eight, but he's not got a quick first step. Off the bench is Macklemore again, who's not who's a shooter, he's not he's not in any way a quick first step. And then you've got Kaelin, who's he is, obviously he's got a bit more quickness about him, that's about it, but isn't really a penetrator. That's not really his game. And I thought that I probably when I saw the lineups, I was thinking, is that all they have? And when the, the, the teams came on the sheet, I think, is that all they have? Do they not have anything, anybody who can kind of, and obviously it would be Darren Cordo, um, who can speed it up. And I thought they lost this game just because that, that they didn't have the um, athleticism, or, sorry, the quickness to manage some of the Manchester guys. And that's not just quickness off the ball, it's quickness coming off screen. So when Will Saunders is coming off screens to catch it and shoot threes at the top of the cage, there's nobody there to stay in front of him. Obviously, Armstrong is, is better in rhythm. McKnight can shoot the McKnight has got a bit of quickness about him as well. And I'm not sure how they I'm not sure how they win. Mm. If I'm honest, I'm not sure how they win with that group, other than you know, being incredibly solid defensively, and they're not. Yeah, no, I think they're not honest, they're not, they're not nailed it. I was actually a bit disappointed uh, in this game with with Surrey, given what they showed last week. I thought, well, maybe they found found a little something here. And Manchester, with two players out, two key yeah. players out, who only scored was it fifty eight on, yeah. on 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 Friday, and then it was just. Well, yeah, there was a play in the first half where um, Armstrong had the ball and he had Davis in front of him, and Davis was guarding him like um, he was a six foot three point guard. He was up onto him, and and Armstrong just took one dribble, went to his left, and turned the corner and made a layup. And you know, Armstrong's been struggling because people have been going under screens and making him shoot threes. You know, Davis has got every tool to do that because he's got long arms, Mm -hmm. right? Why open his face guarding him? He's going to go past you. He's going to score. That's what he does, you know. And you know, Will Saunders coming off screens and getting open looks and stuff like that. You know, you're thinking they haven't got Dan Clark, they haven't got Josh Steele. These are the guys that you're going to be stopping. If you stop these guys, you really got a shot. Yeah, yeah. Because these are the these are the most efficient scores. Jordan Whelan going to his right. And I just didn't think their um their attention. You know, they have to play a perfect game with that unit to win. And I don't think they. I'm not sure if they're capable. Um, Manchester. Um, I didn't want to say I didn't watch the second half. Um, obviously, McKnight's back into it, and so that will help them in the long run. Um, I don't think they were overly challenged in this game. Um, you know, sorry, you know, score enough to make it look, keep the scoreboard ticking and make it respectable. But I think they've got bigger challenges to come. Um, yeah. And a lot of it will be if Dan Clark's wearing a boot, how long, you know, yeah, it's not yeah. that long ago in the season. So, how, how yeah. long is he going to wear that boot for? Yeah, that was the concern. Um, Armstrong had six, Artisan five in a 13-2 run that took it to 51-31, and that was pretty much it. I, I had the second half on, but nothing really happened that I saw. Uh, Saunders, four of seven from three for 20 points. Armstrong, 14. McKnight, six of 11 after his uh, after yeah. his struggles on Friday night for 14 points. Hamrick, 22, 10 of 14. Ringer, 18 and Thomas, 13, and most impressively, we've got through without any meatloaf. Um, so let's go on to the final game of the day. This one was in the trophy, and it finished Cheshire Phoenix 115, Glasgow Rocks 72. So that gave Cheshire a 205-174 aggregate win and a place in the final for the first time since uh, 2010. Claxon, come on, Dan, let them go. Let's have them out. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll save a few of them for later. But obviously, uh, this is 
This is the team you and I will remember, uh, the Jets team of the yes. early 2000s, where they won the trophy four years in a row, dominating yeah, this. There was at least one of those finals where yeah. they come and sunk the Eagles. Yes. Um, and, Tony Jay's and, Eagles, actually. Indeed. I'm sure you were at the 2010 final as well when the Eagles beat the... I was in uh, Guildford. Uh, yes, it, the, the I was on the bench for that. That was that was the first one. That was fun. That was fun. Yes. That was 120, I think. Yeah. yeah. So that was um, that was that, the yeah. last time. That was the last time Cheshire were in the trophy final some 12 years ago. Um, and well, it was Rocks hit a couple of early threes, got out to to a six point lead. But actually, it was it was pretty close. And then. Um, Knicks with six in a row. I mean, there wasn't really much in terms of making... What I always think is when somebody wins the first leg by 10, 12, 13, at some point in the second leg, the other team gets back. And the yeah. question is, does getting back become the achievement or take much, too much out of you? Yeah. Or all of that yeah. sort of thing. And it didn't really happen in the, in, no, the, in, um, in the first half. No, it, it was... I thought Cheshire were a little bit, I've seen it before and it happened with us a couple of times actually when we were down um, after the first leg. You get a bit hyper at the beginning of the second leg. Mm -hmm. The energy is so great. You know, the, 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 you've got your crowd behind you. It's only 12. You want to make every play. You want to make every shot. But Cheshire really couldn't make shots early. Mm -hmm. um, in Glasgow, Jordan Johnson had played a pretty good game given the carnage around him. Mm -hmm. um, Glasgow were able to, to make a few shots. And you know, Vance Johnson knocked down a three early as well. And you thought maybe this, you know, that's a big sign. Maybe you know he's gonna produce a game for them, which which kind of carries them through it. Because the big thing about when you you you're defending a lead is you have to keep scoring. Yeah. You have to keep scoring. It becomes actually um the, the, the reality it, is if they get to 85, they'll win this, they would win this tie. I know it doesn't that yeah. doesn't make sense when Cheshire have scored because they don't get to run. But they don't they get the run have, off the misses. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have got to 115 if no, Glasgow had got well, to 85. Absolutely, it's harder as you've got to take the best. The only way you take the air out of the crowd, the air out of the ball, is to put it through the hoop. Mm. You know, because then you've got to take it out, and you're constantly trying to do that. And in the first half, Glasgow did it, the first quarter. Glasgow did a decent yeah, job of that. They did, yeah. Because um, you know, the other thing is, people always come to me after the first leg and go, oh, "What's the numbers?" And and for some reason, in recent years, teams have teams have overcome i mean the last time a team uh lost by double i tweeted it out the other day lost by one by double figures in the first leg and didn't uh didn't get through was glasgow a couple of months yeah. ago in the cup and the last team that lost uh by more than 30 or more than 12 whatever it was was cheshire a few few years ago against london so it seems to happen yeah. more regularly recently but i always think six seven eight is a massive number 12 is a huge number but with this rocks team we were we were talking about it on friday after the game um nobody thought that cheshire had no chance like oh, we God, all no, thought no, cheshire no. had a really good shot at it that 12 was doable with the way that rocks have played away from home this season my, my view on watching larry austin on wednesday night was that the game was being won then mm. to be honest when in, in that that kind of that fourth quarter period, yeah, yeah, that the tie was being won then because, as I said, that's the second most important quarter of the the, the, the whole eight. Um, but I was hopeful. I say that I say the tie was being won then, but I was hopeful it wasn't. Mm. You know, I was hopeful that Glasgow would have some runs in them and it would be a, a you know a game. Um, 
but there was I did have a feeling that it might be like that. Mm. Um, so, I was I mean, there's a lot to say about Glasgow. There's yeah. a lot to say about Cheshire played very well in this game, and when yeah, they yeah. settled down, they made some shots. They started Larry Austin, Ben Mockford Harley played. I was a little bit dubious about starting Austin because of the way that you know he played off the bench, and I thought that changed things. I did think that changed them early on. And I think that might have been part of their issue early on in the game that they were playing slightly differently. Um, but um, you know, if you take them, you, you tell me what the score was after two minutes to go in the second quarter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, well, I can tell you they hit six in a row late in the second quarter to make it forty-two thirty-six. So. Uh, they would have been at 36 from there with... No, it was 36 all the tie game. Yeah. They called a timeout with two and a half minutes to go. So they scored... I can't even do the maths on that. A lot, no, 80. 80-odd to... Yeah. 80-odd to 40-odd. Yeah. Um, they called the time... So the game went back and forward. They had a little bit of foul trouble. Glasgow and Hill... Um, Jack Domi had two fouls and, and Johnson got fouls. Gareth Murray came in, played three minutes, got two fouls, came out again. Mm. Um, and I'll talk about all that later because there's some a little very weird environment that they were in today. Mm. Um, and um, Glasgow called a timeout two minutes forty ago. Came out of that timeout. Austin got an and one. Sorry, Austin got an and one. Opera four made a layup, and um, ended up seven points up at half time. Mm. And what struck me, and I was watching as I watched, actually went back on the stats at half time. Glasgow had another timeout to call in that first half. And when you're playing a second leg like that, you know, you're playing every possession. Mm. Every bit, you're trying to deny the opposition every tiny bit of momentum that they can, right? And at 36 all, um, you know, Glasgow are, are fine, they're comfortable, they're, 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 they're competing, they're in the game. Um, Thomas, when Thomas calls that timeout, there needed to be another timeout after probably the second basket up five. Then maybe you win the last minute and a half, you take the, the energy away. And they didn't. And from that, that moment, and then they didn't use that timeout. And I can't figure out why. And um, from that moment on, um, the die was cast. Yeah. Um, because in the third quarter, um, they, well, there was some dubious stuff in it. Dubi- I mean, coaching stuff, you know, if, you're, if you win when you're a coach, you're a genius. If you lose, you're a, you're a knave, you know, but they came out because they had foul trouble. Um, I can only assume it's because they had foul trouble. They came out in a zone beginning of the third quarter. And I, had to do, I did a little bit of a double tape because I wasn't expecting it. And the first, you know, in, I think the very first play of the game, the very first play, Teddy knocks down a three, standstill yeah. three, and, and they get yeah. a couple of other, and Bradley's been knocking down the game. Yeah. Name on right, you know, he's the guy. So, who so top. Teddy oh, hit threes oh. either side of halftime. Bradley's three. Um, put them in the lead on aggregate for the first time in the game at 52-38. That was inside 80 seconds of the of the third quarter starting. And I'm watching it thinking, Gareth Murray, right? You've been in this league 18 years. You've not, oh, sorry, well, 15, 16, 17 years. You've played in the 2006-07 um, playoff final in Newcastle. So 15, 16 years. He hasn't actually won a trophy. Probably his last year, maybe his last year, might not be, we don't know, but it's, he's not got that many years left. Mm. It's his shot. It's your shot. Mm. You are a better player than Vance Johnson. You've been in this league 15 years. You know what this is about. You know what it takes to win. You've got an American here who's not played particularly well, who's not been in this league. 
for more than six games. You know, who, who is still his head is still spinning on everything that's going on around him. That's just the way it is. Mm. You know, why aren't you playing? You're kitted up. You're on the sideline. You're, you're not. It's not like you're sitting down next to your coaches and strategizing because he basically spent the whole game stood up on the sideline, getting ever more frustrated with his players. But you're not on the court, and I could not figure it out. And I just think that the whole player coach thing has it was the nadir of a player coach thing, you know, not being one thing or the other. And you've got to, you know, I, I would have fully understood if he'd gone out there and played 40 minutes, you know, yeah, yeah, calls yeah, to yeah. the wall, whatever. Yeah, yeah, gone out and said, Right, you're going to beat us over my dead body, but I'm going to yeah, be yeah. here and showed the rest. There was and a game last year he did that. Was it, he did that was in the priest. He did that in Bristol against Bristol. Yeah, in the cup quarterfinal. Yeah, it was this yeah, season. Yeah, quarterfinal. Yeah. And, you know, he just led by example and he just carried them. Mm. And instead, he's going to a zone to protect two guys who aren't playing particularly well. Yeah. In Jack Donnelly and Johnson, in fact, who are playing, who aren't helping you win. To be blunt, either players help you win or they help you lose. They were they were yeah. not helping in that game. That game was too big for Jack Donnelly. It was too big for Fraser Malcolm when he came into it. And it was uh, and Johnson just hasn't shown enough yet to know whether it's too big for him or just whether he's not quite what they need. And they were in foul trouble. And the zone basically just gave up open threes mm. or open penetrations or got it still got into foul trouble. And he's sitting on the sideline, not playing. And I just did not get it. Um, in, in any way, shape, or form. Um, so that happened, and the, the, the whole second half was just a disastrous spiral. They absolutely spiraled, um, and it wasn't their defense. And offensively, they still made some plays. You know, Johnson made a couple of threes, but when he made a three, Hillsman played hard, got to the foul line. They still scored, but they could not get a stop to save their lives. No. And um, they didn't control kind of the... They didn't have, they didn't seem to have any any belief about them. They couldn't control the tempo of the game in in any way, shape, or form. And I just thought that ultimately they got embarrassed. Mm. That's unfortunate. And, and the um, the other thing, the other thing that the the shots do is it gets the crowd up. Yeah. You know, obviously the commentators going mad. Um, you know, and and that all sort of feeds in. You so you got Bradley hitting threes, and then you got like Wright makes the incredible shot on the. On the third on the buzzer, quarter yeah. buzzer, and then you've got Austin with that ridiculous dunk that that he yeah. had, incredible, <laughs> incredible yeah. dunk. I mean, how it looked like he was going to knock himself out. He dunked it that hard, yeah. uh, and 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 everything is up. And you know, Cheshire, uh, you know, um, all of that comes from not guarding people. Mm. You know, if you're going to start sitting a local league two three zone, and then one of those guys in the, in the two three zone, who's pro probably the most important position in the two three zone, are the two wing guys on the baseline, because mm. they have to know when to lift and when to drop, particularly when there are two guys on their side. They've got to know who the shooters are and who the shooters aren't, because most of the shots are coming from the wing or they're coming from the corner. Right now, you've put you've got a two three zone with Vance Johnson, who's been with you for six games in that corner, and there's times there was at least one time where you see Gareth Murray saying to him, "No, you've got to go there. You've got to go there." Mm. You haven't got time for that. It's a semi-final. Mm. You know, you've got to be absolutely... You can't have players thinking about anything other than this is what I need to do. And the less time a player has been with you, the less you need to give them a think about. Mm. Right? And 
I just thought, you know, when I looked at the Cheshire team, when they went to that zone, Okrafor, Bradley, Wright, Ocherobia picking up anything in the middle, and Austin being Austin, who's, you know, you could probably help a little bit off. Maybe you could challenge Austin to make a shot, maybe. Well, they never did. He didn't shoot any threes. Mm. It was the other guys. And those are guys that there's no way in the world I'm going to let in a, in a big game stand there and fire away. Okrafor, um, Levi Bradley, five threes, every single one of the set of name on right can shoot it from anywhere if he's got space in front of them, which yeah, he always yeah, has yeah. because it's his own. Yeah. And I just thought that was it. That was defeatist. I thought at that point they kind of they did it to to try and be smart, to try and keep their big guys on the court. But the big guys were playing like crap. So why why have them on the court? Mm. You know, Gareth Murray mm. play. Mm. Anyway, sorry, that's a bit a bit yeah. blunt, but you know it frustrated me watching it um, because they, I thought they had a shot, um, but I didn't think they got it right. And I didn't. I, I just thought there was a, a strange disconnect on the whole thing from Glasgow. I didn't, you know, if, if you're a player, right, and I've been through this because at various times, if you're a player and you have a player coach and you're getting beat and your player coach can play but he isn't coming on the court, what's a player going to think? Mm. What mental, what's a player thinking? Well, he ain't coming in because he isn't going to help us or what? Right? If you'd be better off coming in a suit and making sure those players know it's on you. Yeah, yeah. Or putting themselves in the game and playing 40 minutes. But he just got, I felt for him because he just got, he, he could just, I could see him being sucked into that kind of quandary of betwixt and between. You know, he didn't go and sit next to his coaching staff for most of the game. So he was on his feet and you could see the frustration in him welling up and there wasn't an answer. And I just thought it was a lack of clarity of thought, and I think that transports across to the players. Um, that might all be wrong. Mm. It's an opinion, it's a podcast, I'm afraid that's what it is. Um, yeah. So it might be wrong, but I didn't see what they needed. And as you say, Cheshire was just a, it was just a snowball. Yeah. Snowball, yeah, yeah. just all the way to the end. And um, Well, they had 16 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, and they were they were... Thick end of 40 up at the end. Yeah, I wasn't impressed at the end. I wasn't impressed with pulling a timeout with a minute to go. I mean, I know why Ben did it. He wanted to run out of bounds, play on the baseline for future games. But I, I think at that point in time, I don't think you need to basketball karma, that type of stuff. You didn't need to have all these guys in at the end. You didn't need to have Ochoa shooting a three at the end. You know, get your kids in for the last minute. Mm. You know, there's noticeable that in the handshakes at the end, Gareth wasn't there. Mm. And I don't think Gareth was particularly enamoured by that. Um, but there's a lot of emotion going on, a lot of energy yeah. going on. And if you win, there's an argument that you're entitled to do what you want. Do whatever the hell you, you want. You know, yeah. but as yeah. I say, yeah, so, so it's, 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 it's one of those kind of basketball kind of... Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of get that, but then my, my answer to that is always, well, stop them. If you, yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I'm not... You don't want Ochoa shooting a three, then play some defence on him. Well, no, just hit him. <laughs> not, I, don't mean, I don't mean punch him. I'm yeah, telling you yeah. that. They run that yeah, play yeah. against... Yeah. <laughs> They'd run that play against a few guys I'd played, I'd coached, I'd been involved with. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't be getting that shot off. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, and you can do that within the within the. I'm not saying you start a brawl. No, no, no. no but, I'm not but, saying that, but even even if you if yeah. they were if they were up on him, he wouldn't have shot it. It was only because yeah, he, he was wide open. He just got one. But yeah, I think yeah. at that point, you know, Glasgow had had all their spirit knocked out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't even that anyway. Rare. At that yeah. point, I was rooting for the I was rooting for the basket because I wanted the uh, I wanted the stats. 
Um, so, which was, uh, that is the biggest ever second leg win by anybody in any BBL uh, competition. Not the biggest first leg win, though, is it? No, I said second leg. Oh, sorry, just checking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I think the biggest first leg win, wasn't that, wasn't that Leicester at Cheshire, I think? Remember that playoff game where they beat them by 40-odd? Well, I think um, they beat by 47, just reminding you. you know. Did you? I, yeah, yeah, okay. Scott Martin missed a three for a 50, who were most annoyed. Okay. Um, so, so it's... Jill remember. BBL show. Jill remember. He was on the bench. Yeah. I'm oh, sure Jay. Yeah. Uh, it's the biggest... Um, it's the biggest uh, victory in a second leg, obviously, for a team who was behind after the first leg since Cheshire did it in 2010 in the trophy semi-final to make the final. They beat Lions by 34, having lost the first leg by one. It's also the biggest ever win uh, between the Knicks and the Rocks. The biggest win for the Knicks prior to that um, was in February 2001. For some reason, I've written down 66-15. I'm sure that wasn't the score. Um but it, I think I tweeted it out, so you'll have to check my Twitter for what uh, actually the score was. I think it was 105. I think it was 105 because it was 30. Uh, yeah. 66-105. Uh, so uh, Teddy uh, had 25 and 8. Bradley, 6 of 9 from 3 for 25 points. Austin, 14, 8 and 6. They had um, 14 and 8, sorry. They had six guys scoring 13 plus. They were 15 of 26 for three, which when you follow that up from Friday night where London were 23 of whatever it was, I'm just thinking that's a lot of threes. 38 40. of 62. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of threes to give up. And I don't, you know, and I, I'm not kind of on this variance thing. I don't, I don't subscribe to the thought that, oh, you just got unlucky. Mm. I don't, you know, three-point defense is a thing. Mm. You know, and you can you can do certain things to to prevent that. And um, I don't think they were committed, unfortunately, to it. Um, Jordan Jordan Johnson had twenty-one and nine. Hillsman had eighteen. Let's uh, let's finish off by looking at the league table. Congratulations to Cheshire who are through to the final of the trophy, where they will play. Congratulations either, to Leicester who won the league. Yeah, where they will play. I was about to ask you that. Where they will play either London or Bristol. Obviously, London with a big advantage after the first leg. Uh, Leicester. Yeah, if Reese is out, I think I'll watch the first quarter of that game with interest. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. If Reese is out, I don't yeah. think Bristol can beat them by twenty. Um, but I do think that London better turn up ready, ready to, being ready to play. Yeah, because it, it, it's whether because, Bristol can score enough points. Yeah, but but that's right. Can they can they can they convert? And and um, you know, London are a team who you know, as I say, all it takes is. You know, it's Justin's health, and then the whole thing is up in the air. You know, yeah. so even and even that, you know, they have they have, they have spiral possibilities. London in Bristol, are the one team, I think, with the the physicality that they play with, who if they're able to get into them early, mm. could kind of necessitate a little bit of a spiral. So London better be ready for that game. Yeah. Um. So let's look at the league table, Leicester. Top fifteen and one, uh, and then nearest contenders London now eight and five. So four losses between the teams. Eleven games for Leicester to go. Uh, all done today, was it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, firstly, 
there's no way in this world. Well, I said this last year, but I can't see any way that London are going undefeated. They yeah. don't have the fo- they don't have the focus on the um on the league. They haven't had it since since James came in. Um, their focus has been on the playoffs. Their um, roster, which appeared to be kind of unfathomably unfathomably big, um, no, I'll say that again, unfathomably deep, is no longer unfathomably deep. Um, in fact, is a little bit threadbare in certain areas. Um, they're integrating a new player in Martin. They are tired of what has been a brutal season in relation to European games. They've played 12. You know, on top of the games that they've played, they've travelled around. And um, no way in the world are they going to win the next 14 league games. Mm. I, just, I just don't see that happening. I mean, they have the talent to do that, to that, but I don't see that the, with the competitiveness of the, of the league and the games on the road, I just don't see how the mindset do that. Mm. And that would then presuppose that Leicester lost four out of the last 11, mm. which I'm pretty much guessing at least one or two of them are against Surrey. Um, and given the way that Leicester play, I don't think Leicester are playing in the way that they are, they are focused on winning the league. Um, their task will be to get it wrapped up as quickly as possible so they can rest for the playoffs. In relation to everybody else, obviously the, the losses column is just far too great. Yeah, yeah. And I think what yeah. Sheffield, Sheffield six or seven? Seven, seven. So seven. Sheffield's on seven, so that's done. Leicester's not losing six out of the last 11 games. Well, Leicester um, also have the head to head with Sheffield. The, oh, seven out of the last, sorry, seven out of the last. And, and, and Bristol. Bristol have uh, Bristol have seven, but Leicester have the head to head with them as well. So I'm kind of ultimately I'm a little bit disappointed by London. Um, disappointed not by not by I don't mean it's by the players because or even by the, either of the coaches because I understand both of, you know both Vince and, and James have different issues to handle and different things to do. But the, with the resources that they have um, and with the amount of players that they have and have had and the talent of the players that they have had, they're eight and five. Mm. Now, look at what London are doing in WBBL. Yeah. You know, I mean, I appreciate the disparity in resources is greater because there are less resources in the other WBBL clubs than there are in the other BBL clubs. But nevertheless, eight and five is, you know, you can't be talking about going into playing in the Champions League and stuff like that if you're eight and five in the BBL. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it just can't be happening. Yeah. And you know, I feel a little bit, you know, Cheated a little bit of a, of a, of a title race. Mm. Um, that's not, that's actually that's not, clearly nothing to do with Leicester. Credit to Leicester doing exactly what they want. And it's also not just London because there are other teams, you know, yeah. uh, in it. Yeah. Yeah, Newcastle yeah. who have resources, Sheffield, um, who, you know, basically if they had the team in October that they have now, we'd be thinking we should be better than where we're at. Mm. Um, Cheshire, exactly the same, you know, took them, what were they, one and six or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, yeah you know, so these are all. These are all self-made mistakes, if I put it that way. They're not things yeah. that other people have, you know. The yeah, it's not like is... Plymouth, where Plymouth couldn't sign the players. Exactly, yeah. 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 You know, and um, it's not. It, 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 and these are teams that really could have got their stuff together earlier to be better earlier. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't. Yeah. And um, there's no excuse for that when they're playing eight cup games. Yeah. You know, there's just none. You know, you have to, they, you know, the, the BBL is getting organizationally um, more survival of the fittest. You know, you have to be on it. You have to be aware of who the players are. You have to be, you can't get away with a substandard American import anymore. Mm. You can't get away with a, a non-starting quality um, British player anymore. 
because the, you know it's tough to get on these rosters. If you're playing meaningful minutes in the BBL, when there are you know some teams have four Americans, some teams have, have five, and we, then we have a bunch of high-level British players like you know who've come back from Europe, and Pat Whelan and, and Teddy Okafor and, and Dan Clark and all these guys, and, and the guys who've been around for years like Jamel Anderson, who are you know you know proper professional basketball players. If you're playing minutes and you're being successful. You're being playing minutes, you're doing well, but to be successful, you've got to be good. And these organizations need to, are going to have to get up to speed with Leicester in relation to the decisions that they make and, and, and the rosters that they're putting together, and they're going to have to deal with it earlier. Um, and other thing about it is that, that struck me today when I was watching this is you know, coaching is, is seen as an intangible, but it's a very, it's in fact, it's very tangible, very tangible. And experience in coaching is. Is worth piles of gold, mm. and you look at you know we talked about that with PJ last week against um, London and this week against Newcastle. Then you look at a team about the day against Chef against London. You know those guys. You know those guys were ready to play today, and they had the right game plan. And in a ten-team league, where certainly nine of those teams are exceedingly competitive. And the tenth has been really hampered by injuries. And to be fair, if Andrew Lawrence was there, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, yeah, yeah, it would yeah, be the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, coaching makes a difference mm. because it changes close games. You know, it changes the, the mentality of your, your mentality of your team, keeping your team right, ready. And coaches are—I don't care whatever what anybody says—coaches are better with experience. Mm. And it's not just experience of coaching. It's experience, you know, the BBL is a weird, weird league. It's different to anything that anybody will have ever coached because there are so there are so many competitions. It is such a long season, and you're dealing with professionals who don't see the BBL as their stopping point. Mm-hmm. Primarily. Not all of them, some of them, most of them are in it as much for what it does for their career. As what it does for the club. And that's understandable. That's not a criticism, right? So you have to put all of that together. And Vince said it best in the interview before the season, the interviews did before the season. And you, I think he said maybe last year, but Matthew Bryan, the Manning, when he was playing for when he wasn't when he wasn't playing for them anymore, he said, you know, ultimately the players' aspirations have to fit with the clubs, what the club wants with the player. You know. And that's not easy. And, and, and to, to kind of manage kind of manage that player thing, that player issue, each individual player with different history, different background, coming into an environment where they're looking for their own to play for their own benefit as well as for their club's benefit, all the time being, you know, at risk of being cut if they don't play well for four or five games in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredibly difficult, man, man difficult situation to man manage. And then to throw that in, the, the fact that you have to make difficult decisions in relation to these guys, in relation to how they do things, you've got to often talk them into doing things that they don't want to do, really. You've got to kind of persuade them, you've got to bully them, you've got to work with them, you've got to work out how they're rubbing off on each other to make sure that there's no unnecessary conflict within the team, you know, to make sure that the focus of the team isn't, isn't, isn't overly impacted by kind of a, a, a loose cannon. And you've got to do all of that. And in relation to London with James May, he's got to do it halfway through a season. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's tough. And I think one of the things that the owners are, are going to have to look at going forward, you know, is 
because the amount of British players are, are in the league now, good British players in the league, means that you're going to have good British players in every team because there's just not enough teams. There's too many good British, British players who want the job, yeah, who can't play in Europe. So one of the advantages, um, which hasn't yet been exposed, is coaching. And all the owners are going to have to have a look and say, you know, are we maximising our, our coaching here? And I can't, I'm not going to say that they're not because it's an individual decision for an owner. But, you know, the talent levels across the league are now pretty much uniform. Mm. You know, um, Leicester aren't a 15 and one team on, as their by squad if you compare them to the squads in the rest of the league. Mm. You know, and um, but they're 15 and one because they know how to win games because the coach has been there for 14 years. And a coach who would say there's a long way to go. And of course, when you say there's a long way to, to go with a minute and a half to go when they're up by 20 and they need to, and they, and they need to fall over the line to, to win the just, club. Just feel obliged to... He'd probably, he'd probably say there's, there's a long way to go. As, as Kevin was doing the presentation on the court, he'd be worried that he might trip up on the way to the, pick up yeah, the trophy. Yeah. So let me um, let me uh, let me run down the table. So Leicester fifteen and one in first place. Sheffield in second place, ten and seven. Interestingly, eighth place is seven and seven. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, Cheshire ten and eight. Manchester nine and eight. London eight and five. Newcastle eight and nine. Uh, Plymouth eight and eleven. Bristol seven and seven. And Glasgow five and eleven. Sorry, at the bottom one. And fourteen. I say every week it's a big morass. I've got no idea what's what's coming coming out of that. But I think I have a reasonable shout shout at who's going to finish first and who's going to finish tenth. That's yeah. I think you're probably right. Everything else in between, I'm not quite sure. So I think we should wrap it up there. No, so, so. Yeah. We will be we will be back next Sunday. Well, will we? It's not. No, yeah. I was about to say, is it the trophy final next Sunday? It's the week after, isn't it? Uh, so yes, we should be back next Sunday. Just checking, I haven't got anything else on. No, I don't think so. I know I've got another Glasgow uh, Edinburgh trip coming up at some point. Yeah, I don't um, need to check. My, yeah. my life's not, <laughs> not as busy as yours. <laughs> so on that bombshell, we're going to say yeah. have a great week, everybody. Dave and I will be back next Sunday to do it all over again. Goodbye. Peace,